Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and trust the things you heard from me, in the presence of many witnesses, to faithful men, who will also be able to teach others. Share hardships as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the affairs of everyday life. If he does, he will not please the one who enlisted him. Also, if someone competes as an athlete, he does not receive a crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should receive a share of the crops first. Think about what I am saying, because the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, a descendant of David, in accordance with my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of the elect, so that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, along with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy. Indeed, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, because he cannot deny himself. Remind people of these things, as you solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to fight about words, which does no good, and only ruins those who listen. Make every effort to present yourself to God as one who is approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, correctly handling the word of truth. As for pointless chatter, avoid it for it will lead to an even greater measure of godlessness, and their message will spread like gangrene. This includes Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have veered away from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are overturning the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's foundation stands firm having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord keep away from wickedness. In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. So if anyone cleanses himself thoroughly from these things, he will be an instrument for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do every good work. Flee from from the lusts young people have and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, together with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant arguments, since you know they breed quarrels. It is necessary that a servant of the Lord not quarrel, but be kind toward everyone, able to teach, able to bear evil without resentment, and gentle in correcting those who oppose him. God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, after they were captured by him to do his will. This is the word of our God. As Paul continues this this list of personal and professional encouragements to Timothy, he again talks about Timothy's character and Timothy's own um, own focus on the ministry. And what he really says here is that Timothy can only train and inspire and encourage faithful men only if he himself is faithful, that is, ready to endure hardships and toil with a the single singular loyalty of a soldier, toil with the rigorous self-discipline of an athlete, or toil with the strenuous and reliable work of the farmer. This he can do in the strength which is found in the risen Christ Jesus, who also 
has given Paul the courage to suffer imprisonment and disgrace for the sake of God's elect. And so Paul writes Timothy out of his own knowledge, out of his own personal experience, the own application of of God's word in his life and what that has meant for him, as well as the understanding, the certainty based upon the word of God, which does not change, and the reality that the risen Lord Jesus is still with him, even to the very end of life at this, in this side of heaven, um, even as he looks forward to life with Jesus in heaven itself. And so Timothy is to work and to suffer in the faith, and that faith, that understanding that union with Christ in suffering and death is further assurance of union with him in life and glory. That when Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross and follow me, that that would be a natural characteristic of the Christian life, that the Christian's life will normally naturally be characterized by the cross, that is by suffering, by apparent weakness, by God's glory hidden underneath that weakness, that the Christian's life is going to follow the pattern of Christ's life, that Christ's life was first the cross and then the crown, and that is the pattern for the Christian life as well, and how much more so the life of Timothy. Timothy, who now has to confront and oppose false teaching and false doctrine. Timothy, who also has been entrusted with the responsibility of caring for and encouraging those who would be hearing his word, those who have been entrusted as a flock under his under his pastoral shepherding, his, his guiding in, in, into all truth. And so Paul writes to him with a very pertinent example, just lingering there in the background. He doesn't even have to say it although he has mentioned it already, that he himself is in chains for this Jesus who has risen from the dead. And Timothy Timothy knows that suffering for the Lord, that continuing to um, oppose strongly and yet conduct himself well, to conduct himself with self-control and self-restraint in order that he not besmirch the name of Jesus Christ, that that will be a difficult task, but it is something that the risen Lord can accomplish in Timothy's life and through Timothy for the benefit of Christ's church. That's exactly what Paul talks about here in the first, really the first half of this chapter, verses 1 through 13. Um, Paul, Paul really says that you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And you notice how Paul kind of spirals outward again. He starts with Timothy himself. Be strong in what? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That is where each of us derives our strength. That is the only place and the only source for any strength and any achievement, any positive movement in the ministry. And then he goes out from there to the relationship that he has had with Timothy. And trust the things you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. That Timothy is to be strong. That Timothy is to retain and hold on to and remember what he has been taught. And and then Timothy is to pass that along as well. And then a little bit more about the person, the work of Timothy, as well as the nature of the work in, that he is supposed to undertake. Um, Paul has this, this overarching premise, share hardships as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And then three examples right in a row. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the affairs of everyday life. And if someone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the crown unless he competes according to the rules. And finally, the hardworking farmer should receive a share of the crops first. 
And each of those examples bring in about a different aspect, a different element, and a different challenge to Timothy in his pastoral ministry as he works together with the people there in and around Ephesus, as he works together to refute the false doctrine that is creeping in and the false ideas that, um, if you remember our, our Bible reading on 1 Timothy, the ideas of Gnosticism that basically say, follow your heart because that is true and everything else is a lie. And Timothy has to fight that with his words and with the word of the Lord, that is the sword of the Spirit. And so the the first example, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the affairs of everyday life. Well, Timothy is to to keep his focus, to not get so caught up in the the politics of the day and not to get so caught up in the worries of day-to-day life that he gets distracted from the greater task and the greater goal of serving in the spiritual reality. That, yes, the church continues to provide for him so that and to, to carry out a lot of the everyday tasks of running a congregation so that Timothy can devote his time and his attention to the thing that only Timothy can do, that Timothy is supposed to be doing what only Timothy can do, you know, Pastor Timothy here, that he is supposed to be serving as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, that is opposing those who are promoting false doctrines. And then secondly, if someone competes as an athlete, he does not receive a crown unless he competes according to the rules. And what Paul is talking about here is generally talking about Timothy's con- conduct and the way that he conducts himself um, personally and professionally, as well as the way in which he discusses with these false teachers, as well as the way he encourages his congregation. That there is a certain decorum, there is a certain sense of making sure that he focuses on law and gospel instead of devolving into arguments or instead of um, instead of devolving and turning aside to ideas of rhetoric and simply trying to make a case that is simply a logical case aside from scripture. That competing according to the rules, Paul is really highlighting that Timothy has has the word of God, and that is his tool. And that is the tool that he is supposed to be using as God builds his church. And exactly as Paul wrote in, in 1 Corinthians. And then finally, the hardworking farmer should receive a share of the crops first. And this is a really good example. I actually um, borrowed it from Stephen Covey, the Mormon, who wrote the book uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He also wrote quite a, a, a decent little book. Um, it talked about, you know, seven habits of highly effective leadership or something, some trivial title like that. But one of the concepts that really struck with me or struck me and has stuck with me ever since early in the book, um, he was talking about the farmer. The farmer doesn't go out on harvest day and expect to see a harvest there unless he has been going out there regularly and he has been paying attention. And that is what Timothy is to be doing. Timothy is to be paying attention to the task that lies before him and giving in the daily and regular effort, just as the farmer has to go out to plow and then to disc and then to seed and to fertilize and to herbicide and pesticide and whatever it is that farmers all do until that final day of the harvest. And so what do we learn from this? the first half of this chapter, and there's much more that could be said. Um, The first half of this chapter, what do we learn from this? That, That at a time when 
clear confession of the truth, of clearly saying what they do believe and what they do not believe. In a time when clear confession of the truth was demanded from Christians, Paul calls Timothy back and keeps him grounded to Timothy to make sure that you that you encourage properly, that you oppose properly, that you conduct yourself properly in a way that does not bring shame on the name of Jesus Christ, but rather but rather you have been given faithful people to serve alongside of you. And so entrust some of this work to them, as well as entrust this message to them and entrust them above all to this message. That is the same thing for us today. It is again, and always will be until Jesus comes back, a time of incredible opportunity for confessing, confessing the truth um, for the Christian church to point to Jesus and to point to the certainty and the truth and the love that we have here. And so there is a need for strong leadership, yes, and faithful men, yes, um, faithful parents and families, most certainly. There is definitely that need still today within God's church, but above all, Above all, we recognize that we do not fight in this spiritual battle with the tools of the world, that we don't have just um, the tools of psychology and business as the world has. We have the Word of God. We have the Word of God that is the tool Jesus uses to build his church. So let's continue to use it, dear friend. You have been given the trustworthy message of our Lord Jesus Christ, risen from the dead to the glory of his name. And he has said that he will build a church that have, that hell itself cannot overturn. And you are a member of that church, that body. You are his. So go ahead. Thank God for the pastor you have. Thank God for the clear word of God that provides certainty for your life. And then look around. Say, how can I faithfully serve those that my Lord has given to me here? Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raise of the Jesus podcast. God bless your day.